Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. With today's special guest host, Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome back. The music tells you everything you need to know. Not, and it's in a different time slot. Now, normally, do you guys run this at 4.30, normally on Fridays? Yes, we do. We usually do it at 4.30 on Fridays. Yeah, so... Yeah. I screwed that up, uh, and we put Bill well, no, Bender there. Because we don't Bill have Jeff Bender, today. Right, Bill Bender had a uh, conflict, uh, so we moved him at 4.30. Uh, and then, of course, we were supposed to have Jeff today, but he also had something going on, so we don't have him. So instead, we go to Around the NFL with Lee Sterling coming up here in about a half hour from Paramount Sports, give you his college and pro picks. Lee Sterling, one of the best. Well, one of my favorite dudes. I haven't talked to Lee Sterling in years, so I'm looking forward to talking to Lee. Uh, all right, so let's go Around the NFL. Let's start it off first with the San Francisco 49ers. The San Francisco 49ers. I, I just am amazed by the 49ers. You know, you, you have a general manager in John Lynch who literally went from the TV booth to running an organization. Uh, didn't have to put in any times or dues or anything like that. Just boop, right there you go into the GM role. Okay, fine. Uh, and he immediately has his team being fairly successful year in and year out, competing to go to Super Bowls, going to Super Bowl, the whole deal. Then, yesterday, comes word that the Broncos were going to release Ed Rusher, Randy Gregory, because they decided they wanted to go younger. So they were just going to release him. Done. So that news comes out. And I told you earlier in the show, and I told you in the past, they use these insiders for leverage to try and get something for themselves. So they put out there that they're going to release Gregory. But technically, they haven't officially done it yet. So then what happens? Oh, here comes the teams uh, calling, wanting to see if they can get Randy Gregory, uh, a really good pass rusher, uh, and they make a trade, right? Gregory in a seventh-round pick to San Francisco for a sixth-round pick. That is absolutely nothing. Nothing at all. Uh, Kyle Shannon said he met with Gregory on Friday when the pass rusher came in for his physical and that Gregory will rejoin the 49ers on Monday, a day after they play the Dallas Cowboys. I, I just, I'm amazed that they were able to do that. I, I really am. Broncos uh, will pay Gregory roughly $10 million for the rest of the season, while the Niners will pay him the veteran minimum for that time. Gregory has three years left on his five-year deal at $70 million uh, that he signed with the Broncos in March of 2022, but none of it is guaranteed beyond 23. So they're essentially going to pay Gregory the veteran minimum for the rest of the year and then can cut him and owe him nothing. There's no cap hit. There's no nothing. They just cut him after this year after they use him for their playoff run. He goes walking off. He could be the difference of them going to the Super Bowl or not going to the Super Bowl. Because, again, the Niners' front seven is already good. They've already got guys you got to worry about like Bosa. Now you add him to it that can rotate in. You don't got to play Gregory every snap on defense. You can play him, I don't know, 15, 20 snaps. And that will be more than enough for him to make an impact uh, and, you know, get to the opposing quarterback. Because that's really all you want him for. You're not asking him to go out and cover tight ends or anything. You just want him to go get the quarterback. That's just a, a great deal for the San Francisco 49ers. And they are just, they've done just a wonderful job with that organization. Uh, and, you know, maybe they haven't finished uh, necessarily the way they wanted, uh, but eventually I think they will. And, and Kyle Shanahan, good coach. No yeah. question about that. And and doing it with a guy in Brock Purdy who I'm not a gigantic fan of, uh, I think he's a beneficiary of where he plays. 
Uh, and I know people get upset when you say, oh, he's a system quarterback. Everybody gets mad when you say that, especially former players. Uh, but that there with McCaffrey in the backfield and then having Debo Samuel, the, the, the Swiss Army knife that can do everything, takes a lot of pressure off the quarterback position. And then you have Kittle at tight end. I mean, it is set up to where you could put pretty much an average-style quarterback in there and they should be able to win. Absolutely, and it's it's just the rich get richer. It's one of those situations, and I, as good as the 49ers defense has been, their defensive ends only have four sacks so far, I think, through the NFL season, and three of them came from Drake Jackson in one week. So getting him there is just having <laughs> having an extra Randy reinforcement be Randy Gregory is uh, pretty insane. And it's funny that Sean Payton, who you know went off in Nathaniel Hackett saying, you know, worst coaching job ever and all this other stuff, now is in the middle of a youth movement, apparently, and wanted to play the younger guys over Randy Gregory, who clearly Sean Payton didn't want to have after this year anyhow. So that makes the decision uh, to move on. Uh, and Sean Payton's team is brutal. So it is what it is. All right, let's go to team number two. The Green Bay Packers. Okay, so the Green Bay Packers getting healthier, it looks like, for Monday Night Football. If you play fantasy football, Christian Watson looks like he'll have uh, more snaps than he did last week. Aaron Jones will not be on a snap count anymore, so it looks like he'll be back at full strength uh, as well for the Green Bay Packers. Uh, It looks like Luke Musgrave, their tight end, the rookie tight end, uh, who got hurt early in the game with a concussion. He's back off a concussion protocol. John Runyon, the right guard who got hurt in that game, looks like he's practicing and ready to go. Elton Jenkins, their left guard, probably their best offensive lineman of what they have left. Uh, he looks like he's coming off that sprained MCL, and he very well may play uh, on Monday as well. But the left tackle, they're all pro left tackle, who's been banged up for the last couple of years, uh, is going to miss the rest of the year again. Coming news today from David Bakhtiari, which Ian Rappaport, the NFL Network, had this before the game last week uh, on Thursday against the Lions. And now, finally, we're getting confirmation uh, from the Packers on this. Uh, They're saying that, or Bakhtiari is saying, that it has nothing to do uh, with his ACL blowout. Um, But it has to do with the cartilage in his knee um, and that there's some cartilage that needs to be cleaned up or adjusted or whatever. But he says... It's not, let me see if I can find this out. Yeah, Bakhtiari had minor surgery done last week to clean out and address uh, what we're going to do moving forward, he said. The upcoming surgery, Bakhtiari said, is to address the lateral femoral condyle cartilage tear he sustained during the initial injury. The reason it wasn't repaired from the start, he said, was because there was a chance it wouldn't it wouldn't be problematic going forward. So they could have fixed it on the ACL tear originally, decided not to when they were doing the reconstruction, and now it acted up, so now they have to waste another season to go in there and fix it. Would you be mad if you're Matt LaFleur in the Packers? I don't know. What do, how do you feel? I would be. I, I'd yeah, be probably, pissed. right? Like, yeah, Why didn't you just like... fix it? Why didn't you just fix it all when you were in there? Like, what right. are we doing? You see something is wrong. It's a tear. Okay. Well, it may not bother you, so we'll just leave it and go ahead. It, what did, what did, why would it matter? So now maybe your recovery is a couple weeks longer. Who cares? Because now, instead of fixing it then, now you've wasted two, three years screwing around this knee because originally when he came back, the knee kept filling up with fluid and having all kinds of issues. Last year, he'd play a game, then he missed two games. Then he'd play two games, then he'd miss a game. And it was the same old, same old. So from that perspective, that really messes everything up because now the Packers have to play an inexperienced Rasheed Walker who played against the Lions last week and got absolutely obliterated. Uh, he's going to have to play left tackle kind of going forward unless they come up with some other idea for what they want to do. You know, they've got moving pieces in Green Bay. They want everybody to play every position. So Zach Tom, who's the right tackle, could go to left tackle. He could go to guard. Elton Jenkins, who's at left guard, has played left tackle in the past. He's played right tackle in the past. Yash Nyman, who's on the bench, he's played left tackle and right tackle. So there are different configurations and options if uh, they want to do something other than Rasheed Walker at left tackle. But this is a big deal for a first-year starter in Jordan Love not to have his best lineman, and especially his best lineman being his blindside at left tackle not playing the rest of the year. Right. I, I did want to ask you that while we're on the Packers. What is the feeling about Jordan Love with the Packers organization, the fan base? Is is, is there belief in him? Is it still kind of wait and see what he is? Or, or is it no. a lot of hype? Is there like What's the spectrum of belief in Jordan Love? I think a majority of people believe he's going to be a really good quarterback. I, I think that's where everybody is. I, a majority of people all say this. Uh, he doesn't suck. We know that much. We know that much <laughs> He's not Zach on. Wilson. He's yeah. not going to be horrible, right? 
Uh, so we don't worry about him being horrible. I think the, the concern now is, you know, how long does it take to get those young wide receivers that they have on the same page as their quarterback? And Aaron Jones took a pay cut to stay this year. Uh, if they decide to move on from Aaron Jones next year, they are void at running back. Uh, so they'll have to figure out what to do at running back. But, you know, your veteran wide receivers are Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs. They were rookies last year. Neither one played a full year because both of them were hurt at different points during the year. So they neither one of them have played 16 regular season games yet or 17 regular season games yet. So they're both still learning. Watson missed the first three games of the year with a hamstring injury. So his first game was last week, and they were easing him back in. Aaron Jones also was out with a hamstring. Uh, and since week two... I think it was, it was a week one in the Bears game he got hurt. I think it was the Bears game. Uh, and then he hasn't played the last week two or week three. So they're finally going to kind of be healthy outside of Bakhtiari going into that Monday night game against the Raiders. But uh, I've said it before. I think this offense, you won't see truly see how good this offense can be until next year. Once these rookie wide receivers, they have two rookie tight ends, and Jordan Love has a, a full year of working with these guys, then next year is when you see this offense probably take that step where you go, uh-oh. They're going to be pretty good. So, yeah, I, I don't think the Packers are going to fall back and be in the bottom of the NFC North like so many thought was going to happen and were hoping was going to happen after having Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers and everybody just hoping they got stuck with a bad quarterback like everybody else has to deal with. Uh, it doesn't appear that they drafted wrong. It appears that Brian Gutekunst, the general manager, made the right draft pick in Jordan Love. Having said that, what's your opinion on it? I think that he's a good quarterback. You know, that's what the first few weeks, what, it, what they've shown me is, if anything, he's going to take care of the football. He's not going to make dumb decisions. He seems like he, he keeps calm even when the pocket breaks down, which I think is a really good thing for a young quarterback to have. It's I, I We were comparing him, Gabe and I, to kind of how Zach Wilson looked. For, it was just an easy comparison to make because Zach panics so quickly when the pocket breaks down. He just throws the football away. He doesn't take care of it. Jordan Love, what I like about him is he understands that not every single play is going to be a win. You know, he'll take a loss on a play to take care of the football to not give a turnover. So that's why I like him. I believe in him. I'm excited to see what he looks like with Christian Watson. I am excited to see what he looks like when they actually get a running game going because I know they've been struggling a little bit this year. Uh, do you ever expect to see Bakhtiari back on that left playing left tackle for Jordan Love, or do you think it might be over? No, I think it's done. Uh, they could save a lot of money against the salary cap So sad uh, by moving on from him after this year. Now, whether that's a trade to the Jets, where you can go play with this guy, Aaron Rodgers, they have offensive line issues. Uh, yes, they or do. they just straight up cut him and let him go play wherever he wants to go play. I think one of those scenarios probably happened. That running game you're talking about, Matt LaFleur today talked and said that, uh, or the offensive lineman talked too. Apparently, LaFleur met with them on was it Monday or Tuesday, their first day back after they played last Thursday. Uh, and walked in the offensive line room and said, listen, it's on me. I haven't given this an opportunity to work running the football by throwing. I think they threw the first six plays in their Thursday night game. They didn't run to the third possession. And he said, that's going to change. We're going to go back to doing it how they did it against the Bears where they ran more than they threw. And that's how he wants to get back. To. So kind of challenge the offensive line of opening up holes and making room for these running backs. The Raiders are horrible uh, as far as rush defense goes. So. If you have Aaron Jones in fantasy, it could be a nice week for you in fantasy football if Matt LaFleur stays true to his word. But with all due respect, we've heard this for three, four years uh, after games of, yeah, I got to do a better job of getting Aaron Jones the ball. Seriously, for the last three or four years, I swear to you, we've heard it five to six times a year, every year. That means every it, year. it's just setting up for an A.J. Dillon three-touchdown game. That's all that I, is. That's all that he, means. He just hasn't turned out to be what they were hoping he was going yeah, to be. No, yeah. And that that's unfortunate, and he's probably going to be somewhere else after this year, which is crazy because the dude is beloved in the state of Wisconsin, but everybody's now realizing that he's just he's not that guy. And remember, he was a second-round pick. Oh, wow. Uh, was he really? the Green Bay Packers. Yeah. I did not realize that. What's the plan at running back after the Aaron Jones era? Was it A.J. There Dillon? Is none. There is none. No, there is none. I think what's going to happen is they're going to have to draft a running back or two next year and go young and running back next year. That's my guess. But there was talk that the Packers were involved in trying to get Jonathan Taylor oh. going into this season. Um, and there was a report that they asked for Christian Watson or something, and apparently the Packers said, you're out of your mind. And that was the end of the conversation. So maybe uh, they circle back around to the Colts to try and get Jonathan Taylor, and then that solidifies their running game going forward for the next three to five years. Don't know. But Jonathan Taylor was dinged up last year. Jonathan Taylor has a lot of miles on him from mm -hmm. his time at Wisconsin uh, carrying the ball a ton. Back then, the Badgers ran the football a lot. So that's a gamble. We've seen all these guys that complain about money. 
Ackler got hurt. Taylor got hurt. All these dudes that complained all got hurt. Saquon. And haven't been playing. Saquon's another one. And none of them have been playing. So you're essentially just decreasing your value at this point. Now, you know, Taylor's going to come back this weekend against the Titans. Titans run defense is amazing. So I can't imagine you'll see much of Taylor. They probably wait another week before you really give him uh, a ton of carries. Zach Moss probably gets most of the carries, I would think, for Indianapolis running into a brick wall. Um, and then maybe the following week is when Taylor's carries uh, get going a little bit better. All right, next team, the Miami, the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins. Chase Claypool, my buddy, my pal. And being sarcastic, he's really not. The, the Pittsburgh Steelers had Chase Claypool last year. Mike Tomlin, Chase Claypool, weren't on the same page, whatever the case may be. So they put Chase Claypool on the trade block. The Bears and the Packers both get in into the bidding war. They both offer second round picks. The Steelers go, well, the Bears suck, so we're gonna go. And the Packers weren't much better, but the Bears were clearly the worst team. We'll take the Bears pick, um, and we'll send them to Chicago instead of Green Bay. Now, the second round pick that the Packers would have sent for Chase Claypool ended up being Jaden Reed, the wide receiver out of Michigan State, who's had a really good first four games of the year for the Packers. Chase Claypool. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Was literally sent home and told to stay away from the team prior to their last game last night against Washington. He watched that from his house. That's how irritated they were with Chase Claypool after the first four games of the season this year. Then they trade him to the Dolphins for a similar type deal as Randy Gregory, where you're slopping a six and a seven and you get a player. And now he goes to Miami. Well, we know about Miami, right? Miami is stocked in the wide receiver room. Bunch of vets in the wide receiver room uh, with Tua that could throw it all over the place as long as he doesn't get get concussed again. A brilliant offensive mind in your head coach. You would think he fits in there. I will say this. Mike McDaniel is not going to screw around with him. If he doesn't listen and he doesn't do what they want, you can mark this down right now. He'll get cut and they'll move on from him from the Dolphins and then good luck finding another team after that. I hope Chase Claypool understands that while you may be a good talent, you've got to have the work ethic, you've got to have the drive, you got to have the want. And I don't think he has all three of those things based on what I've heard out of Chicago, based on what was coming out of Pittsburgh. That is a lot of it. Now you're going to put this dude in South Beach and say, go focus, go be a football player? Come on, man. I mean, the odds of this working out are slim to none, is my guess. Slim to none. Now, again, the offense is wide open, so he'd have opportunities if he could focus himself into being a great football player. But if he hasn't to this point, you're not going to convince me at South Beach the man's going to be all in on this. It's, his career has just been so confusing because he was so promising coming out of Notre Dame. He had that very good year in Pittsburgh, and everybody, I, I mean, he was beloved in the Pittsburgh fan base. I'll never forget that there's this vi- there was a video that was going around of an older fan, and he got a signed uniform from Chase Claypool, and they did a whole deal, and he was crying, and it was a great scene, and then it just felt like it fell off a cliff after that, and I'm not quite sure why, if it's the effort, if it's the focus, and things like that, but I totally agree with you. You know, If you can't make it work in Miami with Tua and McDaniel's offense and things like that, then you're just not supposed to be in the, in the NFL. 
He's going to be the what the, the fourth receiver there, fifth receiver there because they have cho- chosen Anderson down there as well. So it's it, he's got to make it work. It's his last chance. Yeah, I think so too. I, I think he is definitely running out of chances. And there are certain guys in every professional sports league that are open to giving guys second chances. And you can go all the way back. I'll go old school. If you go back to the old school Raiders with Al Davis uh, when he was the owner, and you get guys like Jim Plunkett and those guys, that was second chance you with the Raiders. He didn't care. Wide receivers, you got to be super fast. James Lofton, Willie Galt, those type of guys. Jim Plunkett was a guy that everybody had given up for dead, and the man ends up going and winning a Super Bowl for him. That's what that was, right? And there's not a lot of guys like that in today's NFL that are willing to take those type of chances. Jerry Jones, to a degree, has shown uh, the ability to suck it up and deal with certain players and give guys second and third chances. Then after a while, he's just done with them as well. There are a lot of teams in the National Football League that won't touch guys like that. That, you know, they have higher standards for high-character guys that have to come in and play the right way. And if you don't do that, you're out of here. So he's not gotten in any trouble off the field. That's nothing like that. It's just he doesn't put, it doesn't appear, it doesn't put the work in to be as good as he can. And it really is uh, a great way of just looking at life in general. Just think about it. When you're growing up and you're in uh, grade school or high school, right? And you know that there are a couple guys that are just unbelievable, right? Great at basketball or great football players or unbelievable at baseball or soccer or whatever. And then once you get to the point of, okay, now, now here comes college, right? Are you going to do everything you can to get there? And then they get distracted by stuff outside of the school, by not doing their grades and getting their grades in order. And then they don't ever get that chance to go display it at the next level in college. And then obviously don't get the chance to go display it uh, at the pro level. There are so many super uber talented people around this country that are probably on the same level or better than some pro athletes in the sports that they were really good at but screwed up their own chances by poor life decisions and not putting them in the position to best succeed for the rest of your life. And when you do get that opportunity to go be that guy, you don't want to blow it. One guy that comes to mind for me, and I don't know if you remember him, you may be too young. You remember Tim Thomas, uh, the basketball player? He played at Villanova. Uh, Philadelphia drafted him with Larry Brown. He was a freshman coming out of Villanova. He was uber talented, long, like 6'10", 6'11", can run, could uh, had great handle, can shoot the ball from outside, could get to the rim whenever he wanted, had a little turnaround. Like he was in position to be unbelievable. Played one year for the 76ers. And Larry Brown said, I'm not dealing with you. Nope, we're done. And he took him, he was a first-round pick. Took him and moved him, uh, and he ended up in Milwaukee. He gets to Milwaukee. He gets on this incredible playoff run with George Carl and the Bucks, uh, and that's back with Sam Cassell and Glenn Robinson and Ray Allen, that Bucks team, 2001 Bucks. Gets on that great run. They go and give him a huge max like extension, and after that, toodles. See ya. Was never the same player after that. Cared more about everything off the court than he did on the court, and his career eventually ended up. He got traded in multiple places, ended up on the Bulls, like towards the end of his contract. Right. The Bulls traded for him to unload his salary and then told him, don't come to Chicago. Stay where you are. We don't want you near our team. We're good. And that's how it ended for Tim Thomas. And the guy could have been a perennial all-star and threw it all away once he got that huge first contract. Yeah, no, crazy. I, I definitely remember Tim Thomas. One of the main reasons, though, is from NBA 2K, that Milwaukee Bucks team with Ray Allen was one of the playable teams, and he was on there. And yeah, I remember him mostly as a bull for some reason. I don't, I don't know why, but that's like what sticks out to me. I do want to just add, Ray Allen on the Bucks is severely under. People need to talk about his tenure there a little bit more because that man, everybody always talks about Ray Allen as the three point shooter, the sniper that he was. That man used to dunk on people left and right. He did. Yeah, he used to dunk on people. He was also one of the reasons why that whole big three got blown up. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, there's also that. They also don't talk about that ever on, on uh, in these national articles or whatever else. There was a whole bunch of drama uh, back in the day. That team was divided. Like, you had the Glenn Robinson guys and you had the Ray Allen guys. Um, and practices were chaotic. Uh, and George Carl thrived in coaching in a circus-style atmosphere. He did it in Seattle with Kemp and Peyton, all those guys. Uh, in Milwaukee, same type of deal. Very unpredictable. Didn't know what George was going to do next. Uh, and, yeah, Ray and Michael Red and those guys were kind of on one side. And then it was Glenn 
uh, Robinson, Sam Cassell, Jason Caffey kind of on the other side. Um, and then you had Scott Williams. If you remember Scott Williams, he was kind of the glue guy trying to hold everything together. So they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, they kind of get screwed by Stu Jackson. I'll hold that to the day I die, even though Stu told me I was crazy. Um, but they got a technical foul. Uh, no, Scott Williams ended up um, getting suspended for the last game of that series. The Bucks end up losing. Robinson had an easy shot from like 10 feet and missed it. Philly wins. They go to the finals and get embarrassed by the Lakers. And um, that was the AI team. And the Bucs that year beat the Lakers both times they had faced them. They were a great matchup for the Lakers had the Bucs were able to get there. So the next year they come back and they decide that they want toughness. So they get Anthony Mason, uh, the former New York Nick, to come in here. And they let Scott Williams go and it was over. It was all done. Because the glue guy was gone. Um, Anthony Mason was definitely not a glue guy by any stretch of the imagination. And then the whole team kind of fell apart and dissipated. Glad Robinson eventually got traded. Uh, then Ray Allen got traded to Seattle and that Gary Payton trade that ended up Desmond Mason eventually in the draft as well. That Ray Allen trade is probably the number one most hated trade in the state of Wisconsin. Of wow. all sports. Really? Of, of all, all sports. sports. All sports. Wow. Guaranteed. That, anytime you bring up, man, what's that one move you hated the most from your favorite team? That is always number Mookie one. Betts. Always. I'll never get Mookie over Betts it. Mookie Betts for you? I will never get over it. I will ne- I will take it to my grave. That's why they better they better go after Otani because I'm taking Mookie Betts to my grave. It's the I, I will never get over it. And the fact that he won a World Series immediately, oh my God. Just whew, generational I want, talent. I want Mookie Betts to retire and get on the Pro Bowlers Tour. That's what I want. <laughs> is it, oh, he is very good at bowling. Yes, that is. Very, uh, very good. I yeah. do a podcast called the Spare Time Bowling Show podcast where we talk PBA. In fact, we just had the president of Motive Bowling on. Uh, this week, um, and he's very good. Like, he was really good in high school, and coming up, he was really good, um, and then he comes out to the PBA Tour, uh, and you're like, holy cow, like, they had T.O. do it for a little while. Horrible. He tried. He tried to get coached. Never could figure it out. Never really good. Mookie Betts legitimately, I think, would have a shot of being on tour if he committed the time to it, but again, the money on the PBA Tour, nothing close to what he's making in Major League Baseball. All right, take a quick time out. We'll come back. Talk to my guy Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Get his college and pro picks. Can't wait to do it. That's coming up next. Gabe Coon Show. Steve Sparky Fiverr filling in. 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN. With today's special guest host, Sparky Pfeiffer. I have been waiting for this interview all week long. I'm here to tell you, I haven't talked to this guy in years. But this guy that we're about to talk to gave me a poker set with chips and silver briefcase. Man, it was something. Still got it. Mint condition. It's beautiful. It's one of my prized possessions I love so much. He is Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports. Follow him on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Lee, long time no talk, man. How you been? I'm good. Yeah, it's been a long time. Good to hear your voice. Um, I think I still have a couple of sets myself. Those are one of the few things that... uh, Never going to go bad. So, uh, yeah, we've. Uh, I'm always looking for new ideas, Sparky. You ever got a new idea? Let me know. I'm I mean, filled with 30 ideas. 30 now. This is my 30th year in the business. Good for you, man, and still killing yeah. it. And that is an yeah. awesome thing. All right, last week, three and two, I got the list of games you want to do. And you know you love to gamble when you want to talk about USF and UAB, uh, South Florida, a three-point favorite. UAB, I just want to talk about Trent Dilfer losing his mind. That's all I care about. But uh, you probably have more inside knowledge on this game. Go ahead. So they're in year, year number one of this offense. And the quarterback, you know, is really good. I mean, he can run around and make plays. Problem is they just don't have the right personnel in the defense. They can't stop a cold here. Uh, USF, another program, year one transition, but uh, I think they're a little bit farther along. I think their offensive and defensive lines are a little bit stronger right now here. So are the special teams. They have a kicker who has not missed a field goal yet this year, a kid named John Cannon, actually from South Florida. I remember seeing him play at U School. I like USF here. I, I think they're the right side. I think they win this game here, something like 34 to 27. Beautiful thing. Uh, all right, uh, Ole Miss, 
Uh, everybody's uh, coach that nobody likes, Lane Kiffin, uh, against Arkansas, and I like Sam Pittman. I'm a big Sam Pittman guy, even though it sounds like they're turning on him at, at Arkansas right now, and this may be his last year if he doesn't figure it out. Ole Miss, an 11-point favorite. He just doesn't have the horses. I mean, outside of K.J. Jefferson, there's not a running back or receiver right now on the roster that really scares you. So uh, he's just going to have to do a lot. He did it, and they seem to play their best against teams where it seems like they're totally outmanned. But, you know, that Ole Miss defense, I mean, except for the Alabama game, they haven't done much this year. So it's going to be tough for Sam Pittman. I like him as a coach a lot. But in these recruiting wars, he's going to have, they're going to have to, as a program, just open up the coffers if they want to get kids NIL. So uh, too many other right now more high-profile places here. Should be a fun game, though. I think Ole Miss wins the game, something like 42-35, but I'll take the uh, double-digit points here in Arkansas. I I know Arkansas is an SEC school, and they've been an SEC school, but they really have no chance in this conference, do they? I mean, how many coaches Uh, have gone through there? I mean, Bielema came there from Wisconsin. But never should have happened. I mean, these these are Southwest Conference, and before their time, Big 8 schools, they just don't fit in the SEC. No, they don't. Uh, Georgia, a 14-point favorite against Kentucky. Uh, Can Kentucky keep it close? So here's an interesting game. I think that the public and people that go by stats are going to play Kentucky. Why? Well, they ran for 329 yards last week versus Florida, 280 by running back Ray Davis. Auburn ran for 219 yards on Georgia, which is uncharacteristic. Now, Georgia is still good, but not to the levels of defense of the last two years. But what's interesting, two different types of offenses. Some people say, well, Georgia's defense, they'll give up a bunch of yards here. Well, maybe not, because that was a downhill running game that Kentucky ran for on Florida. Georgia can stop that type of running game. And uh, why? Because uh, we saw Auburn... 125 of those 219 yards were by quarterbacks. You don't have to worry about Devin Leary. He is not a runner. And so far this year, not much of a passer. Seems like he has not indoctrinated himself. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Since he came over in the transfer portal, just 9 for 20 for 69 yards last week. I think Lad McConkey's second game back should have a big game here. A lot of people will play certain key players the first game back. No, don't do it the first game. Wait the second game. In Kentucky, less than 10 points they've scored in three of the last six games against Georgia. Romper room special. Georgia, 41-13. 
Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, how about this one? I love it. Saban and Jimbo Fisher. No love loss here. Uh, Alabama, a two-point favorite. Uh, I personally can't handle the whiny Jimbo Fisher myself. Uh, but Alabama is not the same Alabama. The defense, sure, but the quarterback play, not as much. So both defenses have really improved since they lost their first game. Alabama giving up just 30 points the last three games. And Texas A&M, uh, the last three games, allowed just 28 points. Here's something interesting, and I was shocked. So Alabama, their offensive line, they're known as having usually one of the top five offensive lines in the yeah. country. Five games, Sparky. How many games, how many sacks do you think that offensive line has surrendered? Twelve. I thought fourteen to sixteen. They have a lot twenty sacks this year. Wee. That is un Alabama esque and A and M, the strongest units for them, is their defensive line. They have twenty sacks so far on the season, number four in the country. So you have the number four unit getting to the quarterback A and M against the number hundred and twenty five unit out of hundred and thirty three teams, Alabama. A&M has the best unit here on the floor. Also, I think they've got the second-best unit in wide receivers. I think all three receivers for A&M will be playing at the next level. I love Max Johnson's experience at quarterback. And A&M, 3-0-1 against the spread. The last four is a home underdog. Wrong team favored. Texas A&M outright 24-20. All right, I'd say shocker, but it's two points. It's not going to be a shocker. Yeah. Uh, Indianapolis and Tennessee in the NFL. Jonathan Taylor looks like uh, he very well could be back in play. Derrick Henry has the breakout game last week. What say you, Colts favored by one? Anthony Richardson could turn out to be an incredible superstar in this league. But right now, he's still up and down. He's a raw rookie. Uh, making mistakes, some inaccurate throws. I think that you're going to see Tennessee throw some different units at him and some different schemes, and it's going to present some problems here for him. Ryan Tannehill, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Hopkins, I think they have enough in the tank here to do some damage against this Indianapolis team that ranks in the bottom five in total yards and passing yards here. I like Tennessee, 27-17. All right, let's talk about what your free play is this week, Lee Sterling. Free play. LSU and undefeated Missouri. Will LSU get back on track or Missouri? Can they stay undefeated at home? First 10 callers get it for free. Just call 800-400-9741. What a roll we've been on. 34 and 13 in the month of September. Here at Paramount Sports so, for, so far for the year, 40 and 18. They want to hop on board. We don't call it October. We call it October. You can get entire four weeks of games through Halloween night, just $297, one place, ParamountSports.com. That's a beautiful thing. Follow Lee Sterling on Twitter at Paramount Sports. Lee, so much fun talking to you, buddy. We'll talk down the line, I'm sure. Sounds good. Take care, buddy. Take care. There he is, Lee Sterling, uh, joining us here on the Gabe Kuhn Show. See Sparky Five for filling in for Gabe Kuhn. He returns on Monday from his honeymoon. Uh, and uh, our guy, Connor, said he's been getting videos from Gabe. Is that Yeah, true? Gabe is just torturing me. As I'm, I've been in the studio since 9 a.m. this morning, he's sending me photos of himself on, on what appears to be a yacht in just the most gorgeous-looking area I've ever seen. It looks like Isla Nubla, which is the, the island from Jurassic Park. It looks like that they're right outside of that right now. I'm not, I can't remember where he went on his honeymoon, but it looks gorgeous, and it's just... Uh, I, you were joking that I, I actually did what you told me to do. I said, "Well, tell everybody what I said." Yeah, go ahead. I, we thought it would be funny if I sent Gabe back a picture of myself in the studio with my shirt off, and, and I just right. and I Snow said, "White, because, Snow White picture." Yes. He sent me what he said. He just said, "Holy hell!" In the <laughs> as Gabe, and um, that's what he sent me. So I just sent him back a picture of myself in the studio with my shirt off, and it just said, "Holy hell!" So that's, that's what amazing. happens. That's what producers do during interviews: is uh, we take shirtless pictures and send them. Yeah. to people. No, I I like it. <laughs> Can I just quickly say that Lee Sterling depressed me in that interview? Like, why is that? He he depressed me. Like it was during the Georgia Kentucky game. He was talking, and he had said, "Oh, I've been doing this for thirty years." I'm thinking to myself. Like, I know Lee Sterling from back. Like, when he had originally started, I remember talking to him. So then I started thinking, I got into radio in 94. So next year would be 30 years for me in radio. Do you want me to tell you something that's going to hurt your feelings Ugh. even more? I know you weren't alive. We don't have to go that far. Do you want to guess what year I was born? Uh, let's see. Uh, I'll guess. I don't know. 
97. 94. 94? Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I got into radio. I graduated high school in 94. Uh, this girl who I took to prom but really wasn't taking to prom, I was swapping her with somebody else. It's a long story. Um, but I had to go to that family dinner for her before you know they would agree to let me take her to prom. That's an 80s movie right there, like an 80s, yeah, 90s oh. movie. Yeah, there was four of us. We all went to different schools. Uh, well, me and this other girl went to this my high school, and then these other two went to two different schools. So in order for all of us to go, that's kind of how it had a play, right? So anyways, so I went to the family dinner. Uh, her brother uh, was in radio at that time in the town I was in, living in. Um, and he said, hey, I, yeah, if you want to do it, come intern. And I went and interned for him that summer after I graduated, started college. I was on the air by the end of that summer before I even started college for radio broadcasting. Wow. Uh, Look at you. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty wild. Good stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I'm old, too, just like Lee Sterling. And then you so won the Women's Championship belt of wrestling. I did. I did indeed, yeah. <laughs> Screw Jerry Lawler. All right, uh, <laughs> no. take a quick time out. We'll come back. We got some small talk coming up next. And I had texted Connor last night because uh, he sent me a picture of his fantasy football, fantasy football championship belt that he has. And he was saying how serious they take their fantasy football and I told Connor, I said, okay, remind me to tell you about the fantasy football league that I used to run uh, back in the day when I was younger, before you know the children and everything else came into my life. Uh, so I- I'm going to tell you the league that I kind of ran. I want to get your take on how crazy or stupid you think it actually is that we used to run for years on end. So we'll do that up next. I promise you, if you play fantasy football... You have never heard anything like this in your life. I can all but guarantee you it only was in the hometown I lived in. I've never talked to anybody that ever played the fantasy football the way we did because it started in like the 80s. So it was way before all this automated stuff online. Like you had to do everything off the box scores in the newspaper, handwritten letters, newsletters that you drop in people's mailboxes, like the whole thing. So there was real no scoring system per se. So Everybody kind of made up their own at that time, and, well, I'll let you in on it. Coming up next here on the Gabe Coon Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. Here on 92.9, we talk ball every weekday from 4 till 7 p.m. Except right now, it's time for Big Man Small Talk on 92.9's Gabe Coon Show. Should have had this redone. That said, small man, small talk. That would have made more sense. Uh, Memphis Touchdown Club is a sponsor here. Check them out at memphistouchdownclub.com. They have their great speaker series going on. They got the head coach from Mississippi State uh, in town next week. So, again, memphistouchdownclub.com. All right, Connor. So, let me tell you how it was in, in my hometown of how we used to do fantasy football uh, back in the day, it's still to come, by the way, Frank Bonner, the second talking some Memphis and Tulane football transfer portal stuff, NIL stuff, uh, the new Nike agreement uh, with Memphis as well, all coming up here at the top of the hour at six o'clock. So uh, just stay with us through our fantasy football segment quick. All right. So, you know how in scoring now uh, for like ESPN and Yahoo and all that, it's six points for a touchdown, right? Um, and then it's four points for a passing touchdown. Do you play by those same rules? In one of the leagues, yeah, we do standard, yeah. Okay. In back then, again, these websites did not exist. You we did not have all of this stuff. So our scoring was fifty points for a touchdown. Oh my god. Twenty-five points uh for every time you went over a hundred yards, let's say rushing, or a hundred yards receiving, or three hundred yards throwing. It was twenty-five points, right? Touchdowns were 50 points for a touchdown, but it was one point for every yard scored. So if you had a 50-yard touchdown, it was 100 points. So it would be like having two scores. You following along? Yes. Right. So the distance of the touchdowns also played into the thing. The rule or the, the one scoring thing that we did that everybody puts their nose up at every time I bring it up was extra points were one point. Field goals were a point from every yard kicked. So if you had a 52-yard field goal, that was like having a two-yard touchdown run. So field goal kickers were a lot more valuable than how they are deemed in today's fantasy football world. Got so, it? So Justin Tucker would have been like a top-10 pick back in the well, day. No, no, they They still went later. People <laughs> still didn't respect him. No, no, no. So that was how all the leagues were. We had 16-team leagues uh, back then uh, as well. So... Everybody wanted me to start a league because I had all these ideas of stuff I wanted to do that these other leagues didn't do. So I had enough people that wanted to be in the league that I had two 16-team leagues. I had SFL uh, 1, and then I had SFL 2. And my buddy created a website 
where you would go to the website and then you would click on the the logo because we created logos. You would click on the logo of the league that you were in and you would go into that league. Also in these leagues, the fantasy football seasons go through the entire regular season, okay? And then once you get to the postseason, like say the wild card round, you draft from the teams that are available. So, and it's just one through four, let's say, right? So the first pick... All right, whoever you want to take, quarterback, running back, whoever's playing. So the NFL Super Bowl is actually the fantasy football Super Bowl. You're drafting from those two teams. So you play all the way through. So that's different than what anybody else does. I kind of love that. Okay? Now, we had, I started a keeper league because to that point we did not have keepers. So I started a five-player keeper league, 16 teams. All right? So when you get to the playoffs, you then had to make the decision of, okay, of my keepers are any in this round. If they are, do I want to hold on to them this round and give up however many rounds of picks to start the draft? So there was strategy to it. And then if you said, nope, I'm throwing them back in for this round, fine. Then if you won and got to the next round, you had to make the decision again if you were going to keep anybody in the next round. And nobody knew who anybody was keeping until the time of the draft. And the draft was always at a bar or whatever with me, the commissioner, and then whatever teams were available, and we went through it. The cool part about this whole deal was because we had 32 teams, 16 and 16 for the, I called it the money bowl. So the four teams that were left, the two conference champs in each league, we met at a bar. We sat in the back. They each drafted against the respective conference champ for their Super Bowl, which paid out whatever it was money wise. Then they each drafted against the other champ for the money bowl. So you essentially had the draft against your guy and then two more drafts against the other two people, plus you were keeping track of that other Super Bowl to see who won. So as you're going, and this was crazy talking to the people that were involved, so, okay, I'm winning. Well, who's winning in that other Super Bowl? Okay, they're winning. How am I doing against him in my draft? Because that, the winner of that won an additional $1,000 if you won the Money Bowl on top of the 1200 or whatever it was for the Super Bowl. So there was all that additional money up for grabs, and Super Bowl Sunday was completely stressful anytime you were involved in it. Have you seen The Hangover? No. No. Oh, you've never no. seen that. But have you seen no. the gif of like Zach Galifianakis with all the numbers flying around and he's, as he's going oh, yeah, down yeah, the yeah. escalator? That's what's yes. happening in my brain right now, trying to follow everything that you just said. Yep. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, it's wild. And back then, I had, to, I had to do my own transactions. So people would email me transactions when they were due, um, and then I would have to come home, and you got charged $5 a, a free agent pickup. Really? So that goes into oh, the wow. kitty at the end. $5 every move. So you'll make a lot of moves, you're going to pay a lot of money. No big deal. Um, so that was part of it. On our draft, I had poster board up with the roster size and the team name, and then you had to write all your keepers up uh, on your draft board who who you decided to keep. Everybody sat at different tables. We'd rent out conference rooms. I would have a timekeeper Incredible. who would have a stopwatch, and every round was two minutes or whatever it was, and then there were sticky pads at every placeholder, every team. So you would have to write on the sticky pad the person you were taking and give it to the the person with the stopwatch before time ran out. If time ran out and they didn't have it, you forfeited that pick to the end of the round. If you drafted a player that was already drafted, you forfeit that pick until the end of the draft. So we had a guy one year drafted Curtis Martin, who obviously was a keeper, and he lost his first round pick all the way to the end of the draft. Oh, no. Yep. I, I kind of I love this setup. And we it. had the other part of this was you could trade draft picks up to three years in advance. It's my um, my favorite thing that you just said, though, was the redraft for the playoffs. That's yes, fascinating. Awesome. That's fascinating because you play all the way through that. And it adds wow. strategy. You know, the higher seed gets the first pick. And I was it's, just ask one, it's not a snake. Works. It's not a snake. Still. So the first guy drafts first every round. The fourth guy drafts fourth every round. Right. One place four, two place three or however it would go based on on records. Yep. Wow. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then myfantasyleague.com was a site that we found when we got going here that you could they have draft charts for up to three years. So when you make trades, their draft chart changes. So you can always see what picks you have every year before you have them. And then we would have conditional trades too. Like if he gets eight touchdowns, then I owe you a second or I owe you a third. Uh, guys making trades, uh, you make this trade, you got to pay for the trade. You know, that type of stuff. So that'll do it for the Gabe Coon Show. Coming up next at 6 o'clock, our guy Frank Bonner, the second, leads off the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, and you're going to love it. The beat writer for the Daily Memphian, as we talk Memphis and Tulane. 
Uh, that's up next. Don't go anywhere. Hi, we'll be right back here on 92.9 FM ESPN. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Hey, did you know Visaprint prints everything a small business needs? Like if a barbershop needs signage, we print outdoor signs, posters, and banners. Or if a ballet school needs merch. What? Two? We print tote bags, t-shirts, hoodies, hats. Or if a coffee shop needs a total refresh. Visaprint designs logos and prints it on menus, mugs, paper bags, anything. Because with Visaprint, the printabilities are endless. Print it all with 25% off for new customers with code NEW25 at Vistaprint.com. This is Rob Joyner with James Davis, one of the greatest men's clothing stores in the country right here in... Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.